Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tammany Hall, Butterfall Ghosts. That was really loud, but also very haunting. I'm glad. That's what I was going for. It's almost apropos for our... uh, Oh, yeah. Look at that. I'm going to say I planned that. Yeah. You did. I didn't, but I'm going to say I did. But yeah, you can... It's a free world. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. We're so excited to be with you for another all-new episode of the New York Mystery Machine. Today's episode is brought to you by our patrons. What? Yeah. If you join our Patreon at the $25 or above level, I forget what weird kooky name we gave to that. I'll just say $25 <laughs> or above level. Uh, you get to every month or so you choose a new episode. Um, and this month, uh, our patrons chose the episode we're going to jo- chat about. Nice. I'll introduce that. I mean, you know it. You, you clicked on the episode. Clicked on the episode, and I just did a spooky voice, and you so, said yeah. it has to do with the episode. So you're putting it together as so we speak. Today, to, we're chatting all about the Hotel Chelsea. Well, they didn't know that. They knew it was well, ghosts. they do. They did know that because they clicked on the link. Oh, right. And we no longer do my version of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard they clicked on the link. That means nothing. We could have called this anything. No, we called it something like Hotel Chelsea. But uh, yeah, the Patreon's a great way to stay involved with the show. If you're, if you're loving the show, we we love to hear from you. And Patreon's a great way of doing it. Um, for a little as $3 a month, you help keep the show going. For as little as $5, you get a, a new episode every month. There's a new Patreon exclusive that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um, there'll be a new one coming out in another couple of weeks. And so... Uh, yeah, it's a really good situation. We love our patrons. We're so appreciative to all that they do. We're still trying to buy some new equipment. We we bought a new sound box a couple of months ago. Mi- microphones are the next the next step in this journey. Uh, a new headset, the next step of this journey. As mine, I almost feel like that might be the next Probably. step. Just because as we we're starting this episode, Adam <laughs> like removed their headphones for a second and was like, it, it just just starts you know cried in pain because. It just pulled it's, all the hair. It pulled all the hair. It pulled all the hair. Actually, John's at the microphone. This Dude, is we're doing great. We're <laughs> doing great today. Oh, you guys. Uh, other cool stuff. Um, How did we get 20,000 listens? Guys? I don't know. More than now. More than now. <laughs> Uh, other fun stuff, exciting that's happening. You know, a few weeks ago, I said there would be new, some new t shirt designs. Yes. And there are. <laughs> Last week, we uploaded two new designs mm-hmm. to the old t-shirt shop. Very excited about both, honestly. And you guys, we we make jokes every now and then on the show. And and I always say to myself, we always say on the show, you hear us, that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. And for the first time, I was like, no, I'm going to make the t-shirt. It's a t-shirt, So guys. currently out on the shop is the greatest band, greatest band. in the history of, of gothic rock. <laughs> And that's the Veiled Murderess. The Veiled Murderess! We have the brand new Veiled Murderess, the Disappeared People Tour. 2023! <laughs> <laughs> the Disappeared People Tour. Because that, that, that's what I call anyone who Anyone who goes missing, for some reason, I call the Disappeared People. And so we thought we put two different things together. The Veiled Murderess, which is a great band name, and the Disappeared People mm-hmm. Tour 2023. And so that t-shirt is available up on the shop right now. We Get it? Confuse your friends. It's confuse be your friends. Like, oh, who's this band? Um, 
There, there's literally no New York Mystery Machine logo on it. So you'll, people would not, no people idea. will just assume You're it's They're going to be Googling for years. Like, who is this? It's the Veiled Murderess. <laughs> uh, made a cool little design. And so we're happy that one's up on the shop. Uh, and in addition, next month is Pride Month. And so in honor of that Pride Month, we released early our Pride shirt for 2023. <laughs> and that is this little queer alien. <laughs> love, love a queer alien. It's called the Queer Alien T-shirt. You know? Um, it's a little alien. He's holding... Uh, um, a pride, you know, flag, flag. A prog- a, the, the progressive pride flag, and in his other hand, he's holding a New York Mystery Machine flag. His favorite queer podcast. His favorite podcast of queers. <laughs> uh, and so those are available as well, uh, if you're interested. So those are all up on the shop, and if you know what the shop is, that's belowthecollar.com slash nymysterymachine. Uh, you can buy the queer alien t-shirt, the Veil Murderess t-shirt, our fun little list t-shirts of all the things the pod's about, our logo tee, and of course our Tedward t-shirt. I will say the list of things the pod's about does not include such key areas as dill pickles, New York architecture, <laughs> and... Uh... That's the next one. Right. <laughs> dill pickle and New York architecture and... <laughs> And saints. And saints. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh, yeah. also in the studio is the 2023 uh, edition, a bottle of holy water that my mom brought the brought for the for the podcast. Thank you, Anne Marie. Um, Feeling a lot safer now that we have we have three bottles of holy water you know you that live in the studio. Thanks to my mom, every year, every Easter, she gives us a little bottle of water and just I know it's I know you don't want it, but I know the podcast needs it. You know, so. we haven't had a ghost yet. And I think it's because of the holy water. Because we have the holy water, you know. That there it is. So that that is a thing that happens and exists. <laughs> so um, yeah, such exciting stuff happening on the pod. We are, we are slowly but surely flying our way down through. Yeah, through, is today May? Yeah, it, it, today is May. That's crazy. Today is May first. In fact. Oh wow! Gosh, it is. It's May Day. Wink, wink. Today's May first because <laughs> we record this live. Right. Yeah. This is being recorded. Coming live. to you now. Yeah, it, it is May. May first is May Day. Isn't May. that a, a socialist thing, May Day? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's. Hold on. Anywho, a lot of fun stuff coming on up. We have um, uh, we we talked about this a while, but we in fact uh next month have our second annual collaboration with Ain't It Scary. Yes, Scary, very excited about Carrey. this. John Carey, that's coming up in the beginning of June. We'll be on their podcast, I believe, at the end of May, and they'll be on the New York Mystery Machine in the beginning of June. Uh, excited about that um topic. Mm-hmm. It's a fun one. And uh, yeah, some fun stuff, and that that leads us to our finale coming up on uh, June twenty sixth. That's right. I know we're That's almost crazy. there. We're almost there, folks. Looking at the calendar because I don't believe you, honestly. We're almost there, folks. Let's not get so ahead of ourselves. Let's live in the present. Okay. And like I said, today our episode was chosen by our patrons. Mm-hmm. They voted. They voted for. And I will say that this. The selection was a few haunted hotels I've wanted to cover for a mm-hmm. minute. And they have voted on the Hotel Chelsea. And that's where we're channel about today nice. on the show. I know nothing. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, the Hotel Chelsea has haunting rumors galore over the course of its existence. It's been the home to many extraordinary uh, artists, bohemians, uh, visionaries of the 20th century. Mm. It has seen tragedy and its fair share of death. And today, we are trying to uncover the truth about who may be lingering still in this legendary Manhattan spot. I'm ready. Now, the Hotel Chelsea, or the Chelsea Hotel, Mm. either one works. Uh, The Hotel Chelsea can be found at 222 West 23rd Street. It's in between 8th and 7th Avenue. 
The building features red bricks. It's composed of two different styles, both mm. the Queen Anne and Victoria Gothic style. Ooh. For our, for our, for our near, shout out to our, our sister pod, the <laughs> New York architecture. The balconies have wrought iron, and there's a grand staircase that can be found in the middle of the hotel. Ooh. Now, of course, the hotel is located in the area Manhattan called Chelsea, mm. located in Chelsea. Now, Chelsea, a little tangent, mm. takes its name from the estate and Georgian style house of retired British Major Thomas Clark, mm. who obtained the property when he had bought a farm of Jacob Sam- Summer and Dick. Summer and Dyke, Summer and Dyke, <laughs> on August 6, seventeen fifty. Um, clearly, a Dutch dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> the land was uh, bounded by what became Twenty First and Twenty Fourth Streets, from the Hudson River to Eighth Avenue. Clark chose the name Chelsea after the Royal Hospital Chelsea in London, England. Yeah. Clark would then pass the estate on to his daughter, Charity, who with her husband, Benjamin Moore, had a son named Clement Clark Moore, who famously wrote what? A Visit from St. Nicholas. Really? <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Otherwise known as The Night Before Christmas. That's amazing. Now, clarifying, the house that you know they mm. lived in is not... The hotel has nothing okay. to do with the hotel chase. But just a little, little fun tidbit. I just wanted to find a way to bring up Christmas. I mean, that's that's fair. That's <laughs> it's totally worth it here. But that's where Chelsea gets its name. So that therefore, that's where the hotel Chelsea gets its name. Kind of weird that he was like, you know, this hospital in London is really great. I kind of miss it. Want to name my entire area after it. Just weird to me. But go on. Yeah. Now back to the hotel. The hotel was originally conceived as a utopian for socialists. Oh. There you go. All right. There you go. I'm here. Your foresight. Look at this. I'm psychic. The architect that built the hotel was named Philip Hubert. He was raised to be devoted to the following of Charles Fourier, Fourier's theories. Okay. Uh, Fourier was a French philosopher who thought that there should be a self-contained settlement. These settlements should meet the needs of everyone. Everyone who is in any profession should have uh, all the personal needs they should want. Now, when the stock market crashed in 1873, Hubert decided to try his hand at this theory and planned to build apartment houses in the city. These apartments would be cooperative, meaning the tenants of the apartments would be saving money by sharing their services and sharing their fuel and all those resources. This was the first co-op housing in New York. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. It turned out to be extremely successful. Yeah. Construction began in early 1883, and the Hotel Chelsea opens doors to its first resident in 1884. Just about wow. a year, they complete the entire thing. So it's not a hotel in the sense that we think of hotels. It's like, it will be. Okay. Very, very soon. Um, but that's not its inception. It's, it's, yeah, its, it's inception it's, is as apartments. a co-op. Yeah, yeah as, okay. as, as apartments and co-ops. And over the years, you know, eventually served at served in that same format as well. Mm-hmm. Even when it's turned into a, a luxury mm-hmm. hotel, people are still living at the hotel Chelsea right. for long stints. Right, just like people did at a lot of the hotels. That right, like the Plaza. Up. I mean, you we all know Eloise. Yeah, Eloise at the Plaza, which isn't just isn't that Liza Minnelli. Really, isn't that what it's based on? Isn't it like based on like Liza's? No, like, it's just a really cute book. I thought it was like based on like Liza Minnelli's like youth in the. I had I have no maybe. I think so. Look it up. Maybe. All right. Hubert had reserved apartments in the building for those who built the structure. 
continuous idea of socialism. The people mm-hmm. who build these should also have the opportunity to live there. Seems reasonable. This would include construction workers, electricians, plumbers, and interior designers. Hubert Hubert decided to surround these workers with then musicians, writers, and actors. The top floor of the hotel was designed with 15 different studios for artists. There were paintings hung in the common room from the Hudson River School. The ceilings and the halls were decorated with natural items. Chelsea was the tallest in the city at the time. It was 12 stories. I love this. In 1905, however, Hubert went bankrupt. Mm. The Chelsea was no longer apartments, but was eventually converted to a luxury hotel to service the needs of the new owners. Mm -hmm. The hotel was visited regularly by many famous individuals. It became known as the Cauldron of Creativity, a place that every artist around the world knew about and set out for. The Hotel Chelsea's roster of residents and transients, transient being the Chelsea Hotel's reference for a repeat visitor, includes, but it's not limited to, Mark Twain, uh, actress Sarah Bernhardt, political radical Elizabeth Gury Flynn, Thomas Wolfe, Bob Dylan, Patti Smith, Robert Mathelthorpe, The Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, and Leonard Cohen. Cohen had immortalized his meeting with Janis Joplin in his song, Chelsea Hotel Number 2. Oh, my goodness. In addition, there was composer Virgil Thompson and Lou Reed. Andy Warhol filmed there. Uh, Jackson Pollock presented work there. And Madonna photographed her book, Sex, at the Chelsea. Wow. Yeah. Had no idea. Everyone and their mother, almost literally, (laughs) was at the Hotel Chelsea at one point. Right. Now, lots of weird shit has gone down at the hotel. And I'm going to take you through some of the paranormal happenings that have been documented, as well as some other odd, tragic, and even fatal events that have Mm. taken place at the hotel. Now, the hotel's most famous guest, well, her name is Mary. Mary. Now, according to reports from several mediums and paranormal investigators over the course of the years, the the Chelsea Hotel had hosted survivors from the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. Chelsea, relatively close to mm. uh, the piers, mm-hmm. Chelsea Piers. Well, yep, there you go. Um, so they thought it was a good spot to take people directly, all those survivors from yeah. piers to the hotel. Mary is one of the survivors of the Titanic. She lost her husband when, the, when he had sank with the boat. Mm. Mary became distraught, mm-hmm. dispre- depressed, and was never able to adjust to life after the Titanic. She eventually would hang herself in the room on the fifth floor. Mm. Mary is most often found at the west end of the building where the archway is in that hallway, where the original large apartment entryway would have been. Mm. Mary is usually seen checking herself in the mirror. She's referred to as the vain ghost. <laughs> Mary seems to be annoyed by the living. Mm. Not necessarily an angry ghost, but she was one that didn't want to be bothered. Okay. There are reports of ha- her having pushed away folks or, or, or shushed them out of her space. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Mary later on in the episode when we okay. talk about some of people's... Direct encounters? Yeah. The first half of, the half of this episode, we're going to talk mostly just about all the shit that's gone down in this, yeah. this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second ha- end of this episode, we're going to talk a lot more just about a lot of the, the things that people have seen, experienced, and heard. On February 3rd, 1908, 
a society girl named Almira Wilcox died of an overdose of sleep medication while residing in the hotel. Mm. According to the New York Times, she was found dead next to a half-written love letter. The one sentence on the paper read the following. Christina, read this one sentence in your best, in your best society girl impression. I took one drugstore last night, all but the shelving. Tonight, I've taken two, and I'm writing you while I woo the sleeping god. I took one drugstore last night. She took one drugstore. All but the shelving. Tonight, I've taken two. Okay, all right. And then she died. Gosh. Tragically. Very tragic. I like that she's going to woo the sleeping god. I'm going to woo the sleeping god. People don't talk like that anymore. They should. They should. Well, you should start. I'm going to work. You know, in high school, side note, in high school, oh I used oh to, I, I had, like I knew this is going. <laughs> I, used I, kn- to, I knew you in high school. It's true. Um, I had a slightly Dickensian way of speaking for a while there. Um, so my favorite example is my mother, I didn't really go to dances. Um, and <laughs> Sucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) And my mother said, why don't you go to the dance with your friends? And I said, I abhor dancing. They're miserable affairs. Um, So I I will try to return to that. Then then I met. so much. It it really does. And then I, um, then I, uh, I met Ed and I began cursing more and here we are. And now you went from like Dickensian I abhor dances. To like the other, to to like the other Dickensian. Like, oh, all right. eh." Well, fuck them all, and yet <laughs> it's just like you just flipped it. You went from yeah, yeah, you went yeah. from the the upper to the lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm the street urchin. <laughs> yeah, now you're just a street urchin. <laughs> but you are a street urchin. Thank you. And that's all that matters. Thank you. The following year, <laughs> the following year, 1909, artist Frank Kavaki shot himself in the head Ooh. after he was robbed of money belonging to the Hungarian Sick and Benevolent Society. Oh, wait. After he was robbed, so he 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 did not rob the money. He no, he he had, had this it. money that belonged to the and Hungarian then someone sick, shot and him in the head, and then and then someone robbed the money and right. he shot himself in the head. Oh, he, okay, wow, okay. And again, a lot of these are not connected. I'm just sure the only way to get through the story is to tell you every weird yep. thing that happened at I this get hotel. That. So I'm ready now. In the next. The next article, the next story, I read this in a bunch of articles, and it was so weird because I started reading it, and I read all of these stories about this girl named Nadia, mm-hmm. and then eventually I saw a bunch of of stories with a woman named Etelka Graf, and they're all the same story, and one's like a quote-unquote name Nadia, mm-hmm. and one's a real person's name, and so I just assumed that like, I don't, I don't know if... Mm. One person had an encounter with the ghost and thought their name was Nadia and then attributed all of this person's stuff to this girl. Okay. But I am most certainly positive this is all the same person. That's okay. Atelga Graf. Atelga Graf. Because all the stories are all the same of these two people, but few have her written as Nadia and but most have as Atelga Graf. Okay. I mean, I read an article by an, an entertainment News wrote a whole article about Chelsea Hotel and they referred to her. So I'm going to go with go with that the mainstream, the main line. So Eltka, Eltelka, she had grown up in the Hotel Chelsea. She was the spoiled daughter of a wealthy silk merchant whose family lived in a posh suite of rooms at the hotel. Eltelka was a pianist, 
Uh, but her plans to pursue artistic life and artistic vision were cut short when she met a handsome rogue dandy songwriter mm. and ran away to get married when they were both still in their teens. Oh, wow. You meet a dandy once. Yeah. I mean, you did. <laughs> and then, you know. Swept, swept off your feet, you know? <laughs> um, now you start talking like a street urchin. I don't know why I associate Ed with me talking like a street urchin. Because Ed does not talk like a street urchin. That's our next t-shirt. My husband turned me into a street urchin. <laughs> <laughs> I just associate uh, my developing a more colorful uh, cursing palette with my meeting of Ed. There but it is. Here we are. I don't want to besmirch Ed's rhetoric. Within a few years, Atelka's husband had slipped into alcoholism, leaving really her to fend for herself and her two young children. Mm. Uh, her husband was was useless and doing nothing, and she was starting to really become terribly, terribly stressed and depressed. Yeah. So she returns to the hotel, Chelsea, and pleads with her her father to return home. Please let me come back to the hotel here. I have no place to go. It's just me and these kids. I can't do it myself. My husband's like, I don't even know where he is half the time. Yeah. Um. Her husband's no use at all. Her father still. Pissed mm. that they ran and eloped and did the whole thing to marry this drunken songwriter. Um, he sees his daughter, acknowledges where she's at, sees his grandkids for the first time, really. Wow, yeah. And just says, "Fine, oh good, you can okay. you can move in here. Like you're my daughter, come back home." So he lets Atelka and her kids return to the Chelsea Hotel, but there was one condition. She was responsible for all the housework and all the cleaning, as well as bringing in uh, piecework sewing to add to the household income. Wasn't he a wealthy merchant, you said? Mm, I guess he was like, also, times is tough. <laughs> okay. He, she also had to hand wash all of her mother's underthings, which was a constant activity since her mother became incontinent, mm. which is really sad. So she was like, fine, yeah. I'll do it. But... As she continued doing this over the course of months and months and months, her hands were becoming ruined from mm. this never-ending thing of housework. Yeah. Washing clothes, washing the, the floor, doing all the things. And depression soon took a hold of her. Remember, she's a pianist. She, mm -hmm. she, her hands are gold. You know, they're yeah. the most her most prized possession. And she gave up her art for this guy who who fucked her over. And mm -hmm. then she comes back and she can't even do her art anymore because she's tired and using her hands. Mm -hmm. So one moonless night, on March in March 1922, Atoka grabbed a pair of industrial strength scissors. Oh no. She cut her left hand off. Oh, my God. She left the appendage on the bed for her daughter to find. Oh, my God. And jumped out the fifth story window. What? <laughs> what? I know. I know you didn't expect it. Yeah, she cut off her hand with industrial strength I scissors. <sighs> Rumor has it the pain was just so incredible. She didn't realize how much the pain would be. And so she was like, I I and she just killed herself. It wasn't certain that she, if she planned to kill herself from the jump, or she wanted to. Cut, she became so depressed in her mind that she's need, she had to get rid of her hands, but the pain was so yeah. palpable that she just killed herself. I, I'm sort of how. <sighs> Christina's like a gap, like like just like her mom. She just doesn't like kill herself. She's broken. Um, I don't understand. Did the hand come off in one 
swift cut? I don't know, but she did cut it off. Oh my! God. They were industrial. I don't even know what an industrial scissor looks like. I think for cutting like steel and metal. Oh my! Where did this? Where? How did she get this? I don't know. She jumps out the fifth story window. Oh my god! She reportedly lands on a third floor balcony. Oh, boy. but didn't survive the fall. Wow. <laughs> oh. I've never seen you get this way. <laughs> you talked about an axe murder like, yes, last week. <laughs> last week, the straight up an axe in someone's head. And the, well, and why the, is this where uh, this, like, I'm just like snapping? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's last week there was an axe in someone's head, but got uh, through that. A limb removed. But because it's so horrible. Especially because she's like fully awake. Right. Doing it. Right. Ah, oh. I know. Now I'm getting it. Ooh. Anyway. My left hand is just reacting. That's fair. It's on many moonless nights when folks say that she can still be seen fitting outside the windows of the Hotel Chelsea, her long hair and wispy white gown flowing behind her. A lady in white. Trying to come back into the Chelsea Hotel but unable to enter. I have a question I want to ask. Yeah. Does she have one or two hands when she's seen? Oh, I I think just the one. Okay. Because she cut the other one off. Just checking. Yeah, I believe they see that the the she's they 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 refer to her as the 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 one hand. Oh, ghost. okay, okay. Well, then yes, okay. Then it yeah. Sense. No, she's missing a hand because she cut it off. Mm. You can't take it with you, Christina. Oh, I don't know. Maybe in the afterlife you can be like, nope, definitely have two. <laughs> can I re can I, can I respawn this? <laughs> Feels like you should be able to. Well, moving on to some more tragedy <laughs> at the Hotel Chelsea, Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle in that good night, famous yeah. poet. He his loud and dish smashing fights with his wife, Caitlin Thomas, at the hotel were legendary. Mm. They would fight like crazy, loud, screaming matches, broken glasses. Smashy smashy. Smashy smashy. Well, he had his final sleep at the hotel. Oh. See, on November third, nineteen fifty three, the Welsh poet and the writer ventured out of his room, which was room two oh five in the back of the hotel. The room in the back of the hotel, which was a dimmer, danker location than the rooms in the front, uh, with the balconies. He went on to drink what he later boasted to fellow Chelsea residents as 18 straight whiskeys at the nearby White Horse Tavern. Though, according to Damn. according to biographers, the bartender who served him said it couldn't have been more than half that number. But he swears it was 18 straight whiskeys. I'm going with Dylan. Um, the 39-year-old went on drinking the following night, once again at the White Horse Tavern, again, and upon his return to the Chelsea, he felt violently ill. Concerned friends called him an ambulance around 1 a.m. on November 5th, and Thomas was taken to St. Vincent's Hospital a few blocks away. Oh, I remember St. Vincent's Hospital. He had pneumonia, among other ailments, oh. exacerbated by smoking and alcoholism. He fell into a coma and died November 9th. Wow. Now, Dylan Thomas is often uh, someone who, who people say they see at the Whitehurst Tavern. Right. Uh, a spot we're trying to 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 um, cover in a few in yeah. a future episode. His ghost seems to be one that migrates down the block every Wandering. every now and Wandering then. Ghost. In 1967, Edie Sedgwick, high on speedball, set her room on fire after having done the same thing to her previous dwelling. Oh boy! That on September 21st, 1968, Charles R. Jackson, the author of The Lost Weekend, died of barbiturate of bar Bitterate poisoning in the hotel. His death was ruled a suicide. Oof. 
I know. It's like, when does it end? Wow. It doesn't. It, doesn't. Okay. it keeps going. Because Great. in 1974, Christina, photographer Billy Maynard, who specialized in glam rockers and subversive for their time groups like the Coquettes, mm. was found beaten to death in his eighth floor room. Ooh. When a contact sheet from a 1973 photo shoot shoot with drag performer Divine was auctioned off by Beat Brooks, the lot included the Hotel Chelsea stationery, an envelope that Maynard mailed in to suck editor William Levy. Wow. But perhaps. Oh, boy. The most famous death that occurred at the hotel was a murder. (gasps) One that was promised by me last week. (laughs) A murder. In room 100, mm-hmm. the first floor of the hotel, Sid Vicious, the 21-year-old British rock star oh. bassist of the Sex Pistols, woke up from a drug-induced slumber on the morning of October 12, 1978. That morning, he found his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, dead in the bathroom, having been fatally stabbed. Sid was charged with murder, but died at a friend's Greenwich Village apartment a few months later while out on bail, having shot heroin and taken quaaludes. Gosh, yeah. I didn't realize that was where that happened. Okay. Yeah. Though the police said that Sid tearfully told them, quote, I killed her when he was arrested, he couldn't remember actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And many who knew the couple didn't believe he was guilty. Mm -hmm. After his death, the room became a hot spot for found pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. So soon after, room 100 was demolished and incorporated into another room to avoid the morbidly curious. Interesting. I feel like that wouldn't stop the morbidly curious. I feel like they would just go to the new mega room. Yeah, but, you know, now it'd be different. They, they don't really know what room it's incorporated into. I'm going to guess was room 101 or room 102. Either one. Who knows? Or 103 if it's a mega numbers. mega room. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, Who that's knows? why I said 101. Well, maybe because that's because one comes before. The, well, oh, maybe. I see what you're saying. Well, I don't know. Ow. <laughs> then, in 1989, composer Virgil Thompson, a longtime resident and club kid Christina superstar, both died at the hotel. Now, the hotel has seen so much other history that isn't tragic. Of course, like I'm covering. All the awful things that happened. Right. Murders galore. Hauntings galore. We very rarely have a happy ghost who's just like, I just really liked it here. But there was a lot of history that wasn't so morbid and tragic, too. Like I said earlier, Pollock and Warhol paintings, album recordings. Uh, After his divorce from Marilyn Monroe, Arthur Miller even moved into the hotel. He was there. He stayed in room 614 Hmm. trying to get away from all the, the paparazzi. So the hotel over the course of all these years since its its inception was the home of so much tragedy, so much death. And because of all the death and tragedy that it was home to, of course, it became a hotbed for the paranormal. Right. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to chat a little bit about the ghostly things that have come about at the Hotel Chelsea, including the funniest ghost I've ever heard a name of in my entire life. Right when we come back from the break. We'll drop it. Amazing. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. 
head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. Okay, we are back. We are chatting all about the Hotel Chelsea. And over the course of the last 30 minutes, I told you every sad thing that's occurred at that hotel. Every murder, every suicide, (laughs) every cut hand, everything (gasps) that could happen at the Hotel Chelsea. Which makes one believe, is the Hotel Chelsea cursed? Yes. Is it cursed by by some presence? Is it just a, 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 a spot of bad luck? What causes all these people maybe it's just the fact that artists inhabit the space and that's just <laughs> brings its own drama yeah but no matter what the whole one thing that can't be denied is the fact that the hotel chelsea over the course of its existence had seen so much tragedy more than a lot of hotels of its Some time. stuff um it just so happens that this tragedy was also just focused on a lot of famous people because famous people like to be at the hotel chelsea yeah. but in any case there were the, over the course of the, the, the all these years there has been uh, many, many famous people who have died there, many known folks who have died, even the idea of spirits who have been part of historical things, such as Mary, mm-hmm. whose husband died in the Titanic and she hung herself. But there have been some ghosts that may not be so attributed to, to specific moments. And a more recent of those ghosts, with no timeline as to when he existed mm. and how he died, has been aptly named, can't wait, uh, Larry the Hipster Ghost. What? <laughs> now, according to very verified reports from a medium who relayed her findings in the Living with Legends Chelsea Hotel blog, Larry the Hipster Ghost is a distinctive ghost because he never stops talking. Oh, that's very funny. Larry is so anxious to tell his story that much of the much to the annoyance of his fellow ghosts, Larry invariably pushes himself to the front of every ghostly gathering at the Hotel Incredible. Chelsea to share his wisdom. When the spirits are aware that an alive person can hear or see them, it is then that the ghosts become storytellers. Mm-hmm. Larry the hipster ghost never gives any other ghosts a chance <laughs> to share their story. But in addition to the story of his of his life. Larry the Hipster Ghost has one crucial message that he always tries to relay. Okay. According to Larry the Hipster Ghost, everything inside the Chelsea Hotel is real. Walk outside the hotel's doors, and then you enter the illusion. Oh, God, that would be something Larry says. Fucking Larry, Larry the Hipster, the hipster Ghost. I'm going to... Hey guys, um, here's my album if you want to yeah. check that out. I also have this cool blog. Um, just saying. I've been a ghost here since like before it was cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they call me the hipster ghost, but like I was like a ghost here. And then like other ghosts came. Um, and so it's not my fault that like I built up the ghost community here. And so now it's just a little bit more pricey to be a ghost here. <laughs> But, like, that's just what happens when you move into a neighborhood and you want to, like, do something good for that neighborhood. <laughs> you just you have to change the times. Oh. 
Lad hits a ghost scream and you go. I was gonna say, I feel like I feel like we have a new voice. It's it's fine. And you know, it's like it's like I always say, sometimes (laughs) the sun has to shine. Anyway. (laughs) When you leave here, that's the illusion. God, Larry. I know. I know many of Larry the hipster ghosts. (laughs) We all we all know Larry the hipster ghost. That's incredible. Oh, gosh. Oh, I love I love and hate Larry so much. Also, Larry the Hipster Ghost <laughs> tells us that there is indeed something underground at the Ooh. hotel. Long, long before the Chelsea Hotel was built, there was some power that is the genesis of the Hotel Chelsea's creative power. Mm. So, according to Larry, the reason why so many creatives come to the hotel and often create brilliant art while they're there mm-hmm. is because there's something under that hotel that is creating this thing. But is that same thing mm. also creating all this misery? <gasps> is there this yin and yang with all the good has to come the bad? I feel like Larry would have something that he thinks is poetic to say about that. Yeah, I think that like, honestly, <laughs> sometimes you take the good and you take the bad oh, no. and then you take them both and then you just have the facts of life. <laughs> like the facts of life. <laughs> Finally, Larry the Hipster Ghost has an important message for you. And that is I'm gonna read it as Larry the Hipster Ghost. Please! I I need you, I need you to. How one conducts themselves at the Chelsea Hotel is what is important. Not just the art, but how one lives their life at the Chelsea Hotel. Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) What does that mean? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I feel very much that I know Larry. (laughs) I know Larry. In 2006, an anonymous hotel blogger visited the Chelsea Hotel and reported their findings. Uh, Known as Anonymous Hotel Chelsea Blogger Number (laughs) 3. They brought a medium to the hotel in order to provide definitive proof that that there was an otherworldly infestation within the hotel. The duo took a tour from the bottom to the top floor and marked down the experiences. These are all quotes from the blog. They began. There were a half a dozen to a dozen spirits hanging around the lobby, hoping every day that someone would recognize them, but almost no one ever does. They're lonely and very anxious, the medium said, to be recognized. When they entered the elevator, the medium reported that there was definitely someone lurking in there, just watching Mm -hmm. them from the corner. They then went into a room on the third floor on the West End. Quote, something terrible. A beating or murder happened in this bathroom. Best not to go in there. Another friend who was with us ignored this warning and took a shower there and found a deep scratch marks on their chest afterwards. Oh, I hate that. Back to the tour. Fifth floor. Also, I kind of love that someone goes into the hotel and it's just like, I'm going to go in this room. And then the friend's like, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to take a shower. It's not my room, but I'm going to take a shower. Back to the tour of the fifth floor, West End, one of the little halls leading north. An 1880s-era woman's spirit, elegantly dressed, stands before a non-existent mirror, touching up her hair over and over eternally. She's anxious about a meeting she's about to have. Interesting. Too early to be Mary, obviously. I think it may be Mary. Well, Mary, if she comes from the Titanic, she's not 1880s, she's 1912. I know. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think they know the the, the difference. Okay, she is the vein. She is looking at a mirror. Right, I was gonna say that Mary has the right is, is said to be looking at a mirror. So perhaps they just don't know the. Maybe they don't recognize the the, 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 the fashion differences between eighteen eighty 1880 and nineteen twelve. Do you know who would though? Who? 
Larry the hipster. Larry the hipster goat would have yeah, he would be all over. I think you think um you're thinking turn of the century actually, man. It's like turn of the century, uh garb. Just just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Um one of the middle floors, perhaps the sixth, there was a little ghost in his in thirties era's clothing that kicked the shins of one of his friends enough to make her limp the rest of the way upstairs. She actually had a bruise on there later. Wow. So apparently it's a group of people. Yeah. Just like the group gets bigger and bigger wow. as the block keeps going. <laughs> On a higher floor, seven or eight, the West Wing near the elevators, um, a spirit tried to lure my best friend into a quote womb-like purple room. What? What's a womb-like purple room? Why is it womb-like? I don't know. Is it warm? That's what I'm. Stu- <laughs> it's just really yonic. What is what is happening? He. T- the ghost t- told her soothingly that she just needed some rest. Oh, that's creepy. My friend was sure that if she followed the spirit, she'd be suffocated. Yeah, same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> On one middle floor, he thinks, at the west end, someone had put up voodoo vives, colorful magic symbols all over the walls to counteract bad energy. Mm-hmm. My friend, he said, the person had an excellent reason to do that. But the Vives weren't working. Because of the womb-like energy? Probably because of the womb-like energy. Around the ninth floor or so, west end narrow corridor, I think I was leading north, he said, there was something so upsetting that my friend started crying and ran upstairs to get away from it. Okay. Never spoke of it again. In the cellar, in a corridor leading leading away from the back, perhaps the tunnel that's supposed to lead to 22nd Street, there's a primal powerful force too scary for my friend to go near maybe that's what inspired dd ramon to put sid vicious's ghost down there in the chelsea horror hotel huh and that's what larry the ghost has been trying to tell us the whole time these are drifting through the halls he says is a young girl in white victorian style nightgown weeping helplessly and desperate to tell her story to someone she tried to talk to my friend but larry the famous hipster <gasps> ghost kept interrupting oh i love this that's incredible. Um, sorry, I just want to say, um, I, I I will let you finish. Like, totally let you finish because like, I want to like honor the space you're in right now. But also, just you guys, just go downstairs for a minute and you'll see that's the energy. <laughs> the energy. I love this idea that Larry just like keeps showing up and no one can get a word in. Look <laughs> at Larry. As you can see, they they end the they end the blog quote. As you can see, we had a great tour. Overall, she said it was the most haunted building she'd visited in New York, except for the New York Public Library at 42nd Street, future episode. The list here looks pretty negative, but she said there are a pretty wide range of spirits, good and bad, happy and unhappy. Also, she had the impression that many of them were able to come and go from the hotel. They weren't stuck in the building. So apparently, it's a crossroads for spirits as well as artists. Interesting. Wow. I know. What a fun little blog that I... was. I... Love Larry the hipster. I both hate and love him. <laughs> now, one of the best known spectral encounters at the Chelsea was reported by Michael Imperioli of The Sopranos oh. uh, on the reality TV show Celebrity Ghost Stories in 2010. Now, I will preface: mm-hmm. I have a special connection with Celebrity Ghost Stories. Do you? As it's it's the only film role I ever did in my entire <gasps> career, and I was on the TV show Celebrity Ghost Stories. What? How did I not know this? I love this. The le- yeah, that's a story. important. Can we have this on the TikTok? The clip of you. I mean, I have this, the disc someplace. 
It does exist. It does exist. Adam! The people need this. I played rock star Phil Verone. Incredible. Talking about his his ghostly experience. Incredible. It's really not great. Still. I think this so needs bad. to be, this is TikTok. This is Patreon. Why do we, this, <laughs> I, will, I will release the clips on Patreon. Okay, all right. I will release it for a certain level of Patreon. <laughs> if we get to 40,000 by the end of the season. <laughs> if we, if, if we get, if we get to... Yeah, I'll think on it. I'll think on it. Because it's not something I want to like show to the, the world. It's not. It's I cannot not, wait. It's not great. Whatever it is, everyone, we need your help. I will I will post prolifically to remind you to achieve whatever goal Adam sets. I will set a goal. I will, I will share it on the social medias. I'll and then t- I will promote it I'll, nonstop. I'll, I'll, I'll think on it this week and share it next week. Okay. Continuing, Imperioli spoke of having lived in the hotel for a couple of months in 1996, prior to his Sopranos fame, and encountering a weeping woman in the hallway. Dressed in 19th century garb, she laid hunch on the floor, weeping inconsolably. Mm. Then, a light fixture behind him made a popping sound, and the bulb uh, having burnt out. He turned to look, then looked back, and the woman was gone. Mm. It wasn't until a week or two afterward that he spoke with some neighbors in the building and learned about Mary. Classic Mary. Classic Mary. Many had similar experiences and encounters with her previously. Imperioli said that upon hearing that story, he moved out a week later. I mean, I don't blame him. As you do. Um, guys, I just want to remind you that it's turn of the century clothing, which means it's 20th century clothing. Yeah, like 19th century is like, I, I understand if you don't understand, which is fine. Like, I'm not, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a difference, and like, we have to honor the garb of the people that created it <laughs> because it matters. It matters. All uh, right, Larry. Other stories have been told throughout the years of folks' time at the hotel. Artist Jennifer Elise uh, Chaparro reported, "Quote: There was definitely something going on on the tenth floor. I could feel the energy. I have had some moments where my hair stood up, and I knew I had to run and get off that floor." One time, circa 1997, my roommate saw the ghost of a man standing in our kitchen in the middle of the night Yeek. around two in the morning. Oh, no. It was crazy and it scared me. Yeah. And 10th floor, that's a floor above the womb like? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. L- uh, Lindsay Noble, an abstract painter who is one of the talking heads in the film Chelsea on the Rocks, <laughs> lived in room 507 from 2003 to 2005. She says she has been residing there for a short time when she was visited by by what she was certain was the ghost of William S. Burroughs. Quote, he was flying above me, she recalled. When I breathed in, he breathed in. Then I introduced myself. I said, Mm -hmm. hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm an artist. I'm going to be living here, and could you please keep the other ghosts out of my room? After that, there are no more ghosts. Oh, well, that was a very gentlemanly thing to do. I mean, not to float above her bed and breathe with her, but that that, that was real creepy. Don't breathe with Burroughs, but, uh, you know, keeping everybody out. And finally, novelist Sparkle Hater speaks about her time there and how she and how the spot that she once occupied on the third floor, uh, on the third floor in her room, had previously been lived in by a drug dealer mm. who was into bestial porn and Ooh. had been wanted by the police for imprisoning a woman there. <laughs> the couple Ooh. who moved in after this man were known for their violent domestic squabbles hmm. this backstory informs haters testimony that when she was away on book tours her apartment was empty the neighbors from her floor could hear typing uh going on inside and that's not all she said quote i often saw the shadow of a crouched woman in the corner of my room late at night and heard weeping Aww. noting when i woke when i walked towards her she disappeared oh that's very sad in 2011, the Hotel Chelsea closed its doors. 
However, it was only for a moment. It was sold and repurchased by new owners who decided to renovate the building. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's going to happen when you renovate a building. More yeah. ghosts going to kick up. The building was designated a uh, New York City landmark in 1966 and was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1977 and reopened to the public in February 2022. Oh, wow. Where it's currently operating. Same spot, same building in same New York ghosts. City. Um, and I'm going to show you, there's a bunch of um, pictures from the renovations, other fun pictures. This week, I know we've been a little light on the Instagram lately, but this week I'm going to show you a ton and ton and ton of stuff from the hotel. And also, I'm also going to share um, a fun little Spotify playlist I curated Ooh. of just all of um, the uh, songs that were written about the hotel or feature the hotel. Fun. So there's some stuff by Dylan, um, Ryan Adams, like some stuff. And so I will put a little, little thing together. Fun. Um, and that'll be available if you want to listen to it. There's a little Wholesale Chelsea playlist that. in the New York Mystery Machine. Um, so there'll just be songs about the hotel as well as some songs from people who have spent time at the hotel. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun little treat for the month. Do you think the renovators and construction workers, like, were so over Larry by the end of it. Was Larry constantly like, "Hey man, um, what is, what are you doing with this? Uh, this is it a hammer? <laughs> like, does it hammer? Like, just be careful because, like, you know, there's a guy who lived here once who like was th- this spot was just really sacred for him. Like, he just kind of like lived here. And I just want to like honor like the energy that he put there, right? Because anyway, just be careful, you know. Um, Remember so, when you walk out of here, that's the illusion. Yeah, and like, and just remember, like. When you're in here, your family, like Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's the Hotel Chelsea, folks. <laughs> Thank God for Larry the Hipster Ghost. I love and hate Larry, and I love him. Oh, God. My favorite ghost, Dang easily. Man. Thank you for that, Adam. You're welcome. If you have any experience with the Hotel Chelsea, we'd love to hear if you have any stories about any hotels in Manhattan. If you knew Larry in life. If you knew Larry in life. Um, hit us up on our socials at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NY Mysteries on the Twitter, uh, New York Mystery, uh, NY Mystery Machine at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing all of your theories about anything we've covered this, this entire season. All that's going to be covered on our season finale in June. So be sure to reach out to us with all of your ideas, theories, and thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Our Patreon's available if you're interested in joining our Patreon. T-shirts are available at belowthecollar.com slash NY Mystery Machine. So much stuff. We're so excited. We are, we are flying down the end of season two it's been such a crazy fun amazing season we're so excited to to finish strong with you and we're back next week with another all new episode how exciting very exciting i've been adam ace christina marnelli and thanks for taking a ride on the new york mystery machine tammany hall but for uh i can't do it adam you got to finish this one tammany hall but for for ghosts. i mean in theory it's for ghosts but it doesn't have to be just for ghosts it could be for a lot of people in which that they reside here and as they're residing they're